0: She Did It Her Way, Episode 182, How to Successfully Transition to Entrepreneurship with Brittany Colo. Welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast, a collective of interviews with top female
1: entrepreneurs from around the globe who have done it their way. These women are disruptors, savvy, courageous, confident, innovative, decisive, unconventional, and humble. Our ladies have proven business models, have taken risks, and have failed only for success to follow. Join us as they share their stories, behaviors, habits, mindset, thought processes, and what it is like to be a woman who means
0: business. And now, here's your host, Amanda Bolin. Hey friends, I'm super excited for you guys to tune into today's podcast episode with Britt Nicolo because Britt is someone who I think we've known each other now for about a year, but she is an avid listener and I'm so thankful and appreciative of that. But she actually reached out to me on her own to share some insight and some feedback and wanted to be able to cultivate a relationship. And through that connection and that time that she had reached out, our friendship and business relationship has blossomed, but what I can tell you about Britt and what I've learned about her is that she is so methodical in those steps that she took when she was making the transition and wanted to move from corporate to entrepreneurship. And everything that she has done up until this point has always been calculated. And she's very strategic in everything that she does. And I learned so much from Britt and I'm inspired by Britt to even be more strategic myself. And she did it her way. And the decisions and actions that we take on a daily basis to improve our business. And so I'm excited for you guys to listen into this episode. Britt left her corporate job, started her own marketing agency called Jam Marketing Group. And she just walks us through all the steps that she took when she was in a corporate environment and how to be successful through that transition to entrepreneurship. So some of the other things we're going to talk about is when to let go of an old job to focus on your growing business and knowing when is that right time, be able to pull together your minimum viable product, which is called an MVP for short, when you're building and presenting your business. Um, So much other information in this episode. I'm excited for you guys to listen, so stay tuned. Hey friends, before we dive into today's episode, I do want to give a shout out to today's podcast sponsor and that is Lola. You guys have heard me talk before, we actually had the founders of Lola on the She Did It Her Way podcast. So when they reached out to partner, I was like, heck yes, I love what you guys are doing. And if you're not familiar, Lola is a female founded company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, and liners. Now I'll be honest with you guys, I never really thought a whole lot about it up until, I actually interviewed the lovely founders of this company about making sure that my feminine products are 100% organic and also BPA-free when it comes to the plastic lining that we may use. And one of the things that I've learned is that the FDA doesn't require brands to disclose a comprehensive list of ingredients in their feminine care products, so most of them don't. And all of Lola products are 100% organic cotton, and they also, when you go in and select for month to month, and their entire user interface is so easy and simple that you can actually select your and customize each box that you receive every month or every two months, totally customizable and super easy, and the branding is amazing. So, if you've ever, if you've never used Lola products before, they are giving sixty percent off your first order by visiting mylola.com and then enter promo code HerWay in the checkout to receive sixty percent off your order. Now on to today's episode. I feel like I start out every podcast episode going, "Yay!" because I'm just so excited. Uh, today's guest is Britt Colo, who is the founder of Jam Marketing Group, along with, she has her own podcast called Marketing and Yoga Pants, which is a fantastic podcast that you guys need to check out. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, Britt, you and I met through the journey of She Did It Her Way, and I so appreciated when you we're so vulnerable reached out. You're just like, Hey, let's chat. And I'm like, yes, I love that because sometimes sitting behind a computer screen and Mm -hmm. doing your solo thing is, it can be lonely. And I appreciated that, but I would love for you to share your journey and talk about, you know, what is it that you do today? And then your transition from your corporate job into entrepreneurship.
1: Well, okay. Well, first of all, thank (laughs) you so much, Amanda, for having me on the podcast. Uh, Listeners out there know that I have listened to every single one of the She Did It Her Way podcast episodes from start to finish. I, I started listening way, way back when there were probably maybe 20 or 30 episodes, binged through all of them, and then I have been listening to them ever since. So um, I'm a lifer at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So like Amanda said, I have... Uh, I have an online marketing agency, which is called Jam Marketing Group, and we do creative online marketing strategy for small businesses ready for meaningful growth. And uh, I also just launched a podcast and private Facebook community in June of this year, uh, which is called Marketing in Yoga Pants. It is my current passion project. I'm in love with it. It's my baby, and I'm really excited about that whole new venture. So yeah, so I, let's just cut to the chase. I quit my job last year, August, 2016. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but prior
0: to that, yeah, coming up on uh, one year.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait for it. Um, prior to that, I, I had gotten my degree from Penn State in kinesiology, which is The study of human movement has nothing to do with marketing. I do not have a degree in marketing, you guys. Um, And uh, so I thought I wanted to be a fitness coach, wellness coach the rest of my life. And so I got hired right out of school as a fitness coach for this uh, network of physical therapy and fitness uh, clinics. And so I was a full-time coach doing the thing that I thought I was going to be in love with doing totally hated it you guys Mm. like I was good I was okay I was good at it but it just it was not fulfilling it was not life-giving it did not give me energy it only drained my energy so bad Uh, but the company I was working with for uh, they were so great it was it was an amazing company and I quickly moved from coach to manager of the gym that I was working at, and then from there I moved to director of client relations, which was a, a huge promotion and it was amazing. But I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I did not I did not thrive in that role, and so in that role I started I, I got to I got to the corporate level of the company in that role, and I was able to. Work more closely with the marketing and sales departments and those efforts. And I was, I, I learned, I found this whole world of marketing, and I'm, and I fell in love with it, point blank. Uh, and, you know, around that time of being a manager and a director, my boss, the owner of the company, he, kind of, he, he kind of turned me on to podcasts because. He knew that I needed some, some help with leadership. I mean, I was like a 20 22, 23-year-old kid trying to lead all these people that were older than me. It was, it was a disaster. So he very lovingly said, hey, I've got this podcast. I had never listened to podcasts before. I've got this podcast. It's all about leadership. You might want to listen to it. When the owner of the company tells you to listen to something, you're going to go and listen to it. And so I did. And I, I just I fell in love with podcasts and uh from leadership type podcasts I found more business related podcasts and then I found more marketing related podcasts mm. and just got obsessed got totally obsessed uh, I spent a ton of my time while I should have been working on client <laughs> relation stuff I was working on marketing stuff uh getting savvy and being super scrappy and giving myself an education in that and uh I finally realized, hey, I have a knack for this marketing thing, and I love it, and this is what I want to do, and so I went to my boss, and I said, hey, I think I do this really well. Would you give me a shot in your company to move over to the marketing department? And he did. He gave me a shot at it. He said, yes, go over there and make it better, because at the time, it was kind of lackluster. It was kind of forgotten about. And so I worked in the marketing department for almost two years, really grew it. So it was a, an asset to the company as as opposed to a liability. It was really functioning well. And then August 2016, well, August 1st, I put my four weeks notice in because I had finally gotten to the point where, yeah, this whole building a business world is much more of my thing. It's It's much more of my... Um, where my heart is, it was just so on my heart. I mean, I had been at this point, I had been listening to you, Amanda, for, for at least a year and other podcasts about building your own business and doing your own thing and being your own boss. And I got bit by the bug. <laughs> and really, when I think about my personality, it just totally makes sense. Like I, I've al- I think I've always been destined to, to be my own boss and own my own business. But I, I finally took the leap last year, and it's I say it all the time when people ask, but I always say the best thing I could have ever done for myself ever in a million years i i I'm so, so glad I took the jump and figured it out, and I did it because I can't even imagine what life would be like if I hadn't
0: <laughs> right, so yeah, okay, so here we are, and we're gonna dive more into the business and the marketing business that you've built, but what I'm curious, I mean. When you look back, seeing the progression and, okay, I quit my job, I left it, sometimes it sounds easy, but tell us about, you know, at what point in your corporate career did you get bit by the bug that then made you start taking, like, start seeking out information and then when did you think to yourself, like, okay, this is it, like, this is, I'm making the decision of leaving my job and here's how I'm going to prep and plan for that exit and that leap.
1: Yes. Great question. So within my corporate job, it was probably give or take two years before I actually left my job. I started thinking, Hmm, there's this whole other world out there that I didn't realize existed before this, this build your own business entrepreneurial world. Uh, and so again, I plugged into podcasts and I learned, as much as I could about this new world, because I thought I, there was just something drawing me to it. And during that time, I I took a couple courses. Um, back when I think about it, it's like why did I spent all the, I spent money on a couple courses where I'm like, wow, you were not ready for those. But uh, I, I wanted to learn more. I was really I again I was obsessed with it. And so um, I started a couple blogs. You know, I I love to write. I actually started. Uh, at college as a journalism major and then I switched over to kinesiology so I've always loved to write so I started a couple blogs I built a couple websites on WordPress and when I mean built like just installing a theme and playing around for a couple months and then scrapping it and being like that's junk and that, you know and just mm-hmm. <laughs> just just figuring it out um nights and weekends kind of thing and then what really was the tipping point I attended a blog conference in 2015 in the fall. It was like a local blog conference and I loved it. It was it was really fun to go to and I thought, "Hmm, these these people are kind of my people, more so than any other people that I've really been around so far." And then fast forward to the spring of 2016, I got an email from that conference they were they put out a call for speakers for the blog conference and I mean in my corporate job I was writing a monthly blog for the company I was writing several different things and I felt like okay I you know what and I love to speak I'm just gonna throw my throw my name in you know I'm gonna I'm going to apply to be a speaker who knows I don't expect anything out of this but I'm just gonna do it and I was chosen to be a speaker in their in their fall 2016 conference and technically as the marketing director of this company that I worked for Mm -hmm. and it was a turning point for me because I thought wait a second if I could get this gig what else could I do on my own right like maybe I do have maybe I do have what it takes to do my own thing and so I had to sit down and really think so am I going to go to this conference and represent the company I work for? Or am I going to go and represent me as the owner of my business? And the answer to my, honestly, the answer was so clear. I, I can't waste this opportunity. This opportunity is too big. It's it's This stuff does not happen all the time. I need to go in there as me as the owner of my company, mind you, I didn't have a company at this point, but I, I wanted to represent myself. And so the, at that point, the conference was 90 days away. And so I put my head down and put a website together and figured out what it was gonna be called and started, I don't even know, I mean, I, honestly, I look back on that on that time and it's just a total blur. It is hard to remember how I even did it because it was literally going to work, not work any overtime because I knew that I, I didn't have time for that anymore. Whereas I used to just work what I needed to work there. I would come home. I would maybe eat dinner and I would just get straight to work on on this business because I was bound and determined to represent myself at this conference that I had my own business. Mm -hmm. And then it became clear to me around, honestly, right around this time last year, like exactly the end of July. um, I realized that, Hey, I can't keep going and like work full time and try to build this thing. If I'm going to do it, I need to do it. So I spent, I spent a lot of time in prayer, just asking for clarity and, and, um, knowing what, when, when is the right time? Because there's no right or wrong time to do this. There's no, everybody has a different story as much as people would love to tell you, like, there's a, there's a set way to do this thing. Uh, there's not <laughs> everyone's different. And so, um, so I just, I just listened to myself and I prayed and I, I, thought on it. And then I let it go. And I just figured, okay, it's going to be clear when when it's time, it's going to be time. And about a week later, after I kind of let it go, it was obvious. All right, August 1st you you've got to put your four weeks notice in there, because you've got to hit the ground running full time on this business come September. And that's, that's what I did. So yeah, it was a whirlwind, though. It was a lot.
0: (laughs) No, I love it. And I think the couple things that I, I took away from that is, I mean, one you put a self-imposed deadline out in front of you and you you said, "Okay, if I'm going to do this talk, I'm going to do it under my own brand and that's in 3 months." And so what do I need to do in order to go out on my own to be able to take advantage of that? What um and I love that you said that you would come home, you wouldn't take overtime and you would just focus on your business. Can you share more with us like in that 3 months what was, did you have a plan or did you kind of just listen as you went along or how did you know what to do and what did you end up doing during the three months to get yourself in a position to like, you knew you were going to take the leap at that time, but then talk to us about the preparation in that three months.
1: Okay. So my focus during those three months was truly how am I going to, to, to present my business to the people in that room when I give my talk? and i knew that it would be a waste if i just went in there with a coming soon page or you know on my website mm. and i didn't have an email list an opt in to to grab their emails i knew from listening to so many podcasts i knew if nothing else you have to get some leads from this opportunity and the 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 way to get leads is you have to send them You know, you have to talk about this certain place that they can go to get this thing. And in exchange to get this thing, they give you their email address. So I focused on building a, you know, they call it the MVP, minimum viable product. The minimum that I had to have up was a website, a name for that website an idea of what I do, you know, um, maybe a couple blog posts because I'm com- I'm I'm speaking at a blog conference, and I have to have something that will uh, be enticing enough for some of these people in the audience to give me their email address. And so, what am I going to give them? Um, so I put so I spent a lot of time putting basically a, a package together to allow them to to put into action what I was talking about in the, the speech that I gave. And so I put that, I packaged it up and I, and I figured out how to do uh, an opt-in on my website. So I would get the email and it would go into MailChimp, you know, all those little small things that now I do with my eyes closed. But back mm-hmm. then, it was, that was like a big deal. Um, so I focused really heavily on that. And um, that I, I focused on that probably for the first 30 days. And then I realized, mm, I'm, quite, I'm quitting my job. I'm quitting my job, I'm, I'm done, I'm, I'm out of there, I'm doing this thing. And so the second 30 days of that 90 days, I, uh, I got hyper-focused on, okay, I gotta get a client, like I have to get some money coming in the door because I'm losing my full-time income and all of my benefits at the end of the month. Mm. And so I um, I started putting it out there. I uh, didn't I didn't tell everyone on my on social right away. I waited until I fully quit my job because I wanted to be really careful about that message within the company that I was working for. Totally. Yeah, but I, I put my feelers out. I, I had some connections within. Uh, my networks of people and I kind of told them, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm quitting my job. I'm doing this thing. They looked at me in horror. They thought I was crazy, but at least they knew about it. And, you know, fast forward a few weeks and that little bit of telling specific people within my network, that's what got me my first client. Uh, And my second client, to be honest. And then once I truly, once the, the, my final day at my job, uh, I left and I posted all over my social media and I let everybody know. And then that word of mouth got out and allowed me to get through the next few months, honestly,
0: with, with actual client work. Mm -hmm. So then what was it like for you in the beginning stages in terms of, you um, like balancing the, the the revenue standpoint of the business and um, making sure, like, okay, how do I cover all of my personal expenses and then how do I build in my business expenses? Like, what did that process look like for you? Yeah, that's a great question.
1: Um, well, because I was providing a service online, I was uh, – online marketing right so I I talk with this small business or the entrepreneur about who they're trying to attract and I figure out a way to attract that person to their business and so the overhead was pretty minimal so I understand when you're starting another business maybe with a ton of overhead it's different the only overhead that I had personally was my were my personal living expenses so I took a hard look at my living expenses which I've always had a pretty close eye on not not to the point where I had spreadsheet upon spreadsheet and every single expense figured out but I had an idea of what I spent every month um, what was frivolous and what wasn't and I pared it down just like I had learned from so many places uh, that that minimum viable income that so many people talk about uh, how much do I honestly need to bring in And it was smaller when I really looked at that number. It was smaller than what I had even thought it was. And so that kind of that allowed me to to operate not out of a place of fear, but out of a place of empowerment. And I think that that is what allowed me to succeed, especially in those first few months. I wasn't fearful that I wasn't going to make that money. I knew it was in my head and I don't I don't don't really have any data to back this up or or, a reason, but in my head, that number didn't seem huge. And so I just, I felt, I also was just compelled within myself to make this work. I just, I knew that I was going to do whatever I, whatever I could possibly do to make it work. And so, you know, pair that with the fact that that number didn't feel absolutely ginormous, I, I made it work. I said, okay, that's, that's my target. If it, as long as I can hit that on a monthly revenue standpoint, I'm okay. I'm going to live. I'm going to pay my bills. I'm going to eat. Uh, I might not do many other things, but, <laughs> but I'm good there. And uh, so I, I, through that, I wasn't acting out of a place of fear. And I think that that was, uh, I could go into new contracts or new conversations with potential clients uh, with a little bit of confidence, a little bit, not a ton, but a little enough confidence to say, Hey, I'm worth your time and money. And that's how I got, that's, I think what sealed the deal on a lot of my first few contracts. And then from there, uh, I kept my overhead low still, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't spending a whole lot of money on, much the the subscriptions or the things that I needed like apps and things I would I would keep those to a minimum and I would really be conscious of when those were being paid each month and thinking about okay was that really honestly worth it I didn't want any of those bills to kind of just be got just be forgotten and then all of a sudden I have all these Recurring things, and I'm like I'm not even using any of this stuff right mm. so i i was I was pretty and I'm still that way uh, i don't think i'm I don't think I'm cheap, I just think i I have to be intentional intentional about how I spend my money, and I think that
0: that helped in in the long run, yeah, I love how when you said that you're coming from a place of not scarcity or not, not scared or fear, but just this knowing that it'll happen and you're going to make it work. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Talk to us then. Um, We'll get into the marketing piece a little bit more in in just a moment, but I kind of, I still want to talk about then your journey. So like, what is one thing that you would tell someone who wants to start their own business to do? If you could only say one thing. So they're lit. Let's say listeners out there, they're in their job. They're thinking about leaving. They haven't maybe fully committed, made the decision, um, or actually let's go. They have made the decision, but what is the one thing that they could do to prep themselves for the leap? Mm -hmm.
1: The one thing that I would tell that listener to do is not do it alone don't don't do it alone and this is coming from someone that was always stubborn i was the i was the kid in the class that was labeled bossy i was the one that would take the lead on all the group projects i would i would rather do things on my own than with other people i've since grown out of that but understand that this is coming from someone that isn't naturally uh, all about doing things with other people, um, but you guys, I, I and I didn't realize this when I started. This was probably one of the biggest surprises that came about in starting my own business. I had heard on podcasts, Amanda, on your podcast, many times. I, I had heard so many people talk about how isolating building a business was. And I, I always thought, I was so naive at that time, I, w- I always thought, what are you talking about? Like, you're building a business, you are living the dream. How could you possibly be lonely? Like, you're doing you're doing amazing things. I, and I'm thinking, I'm lonely, I'm at this job that I hate. And, uh. um, like, I, I, was, I was being dramatic and I thought, no way, there's no way that this is gonna be a lonely experience. And boy, did I get that turned right back around on me. I, I quickly figured out that, hey, uh, living by yourself and working from home is an extremely isolating place to be. Then couple that with, I, there are very few people, I may be the only person in my personal network, at the time at least, that was doing anything like this. I mean, most of the world goes to a job every morning,
0: mm-hmm. goes
1: to work. And all of a sudden, I wasn't doing that. And so I was outside of society. Almost. You're
0: like, Bueller? That's what it felt like. Bueller? Yeah. Anyone?
1: <laughs> yeah. And and I would have all of these feelings and all of these things going on in my business. And I would talk about them. I mean, praise the people that I would talk about them uh, uh, talk about these things too, because I probably talked their ear off so many times, but at the end of the day, did they really get it? Did they, did they really want to understand? I don't know. I mean, they were, they weren't entrepreneurs. They're just people that I knew. And so I found that it was really isolating and it was hard to find, um, at least in the beginning, it was difficult to find people that got it. And I mean, now fast forward, that's exactly the place I think I needed to be in to start the marketing and yoga pants movement, which is built on bringing together those of us, those, those of us who find ourselves were girls on our couch in our yoga pants, top, not tight, hunched over our MacBook alone, trying to figure this business thing out. I am working to bring us together so we don't feel that isolation so we can support each other while supporting ourselves and maybe find a little place online and maybe in the future, uh, in real life, IRL, uh, oh. huh. to, to connect, to connect with each other, because I don't think you can do this alone. I really don't think you can do it alone. I think if you do try to do it alone, you will, um, Best case scenario, be super lonely. And worst case scenario, work yourself right into depression, to be completely honest.
0: 100%.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, and I don't want that to happen to people. I, I really don't want that to happen. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty passionate about that, <laughs> that finding that I've come across over the past year.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I, similar to you, definitely, for sure. That's part of the reason for the podcast. I mean, I was a solopreneur and I was doing consulting and while it was fun and I had a lot of opportunity and traveled the world, I was still like something was missing. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? What is missing? And that is part of the why for the the She Did It Her Way podcast as a way to connect and also feel like there was a home and you were a part of something, right? Like it's the one of the the is it Maslow's needs is the connectedness and feeling a part of something for sure.
1: Yes, absolutely. And when when that's taken away, when that's taken away, it's, it's, man, I don't even know how to, I really don't even know how to explain it. It's just not good.
0: Yeah. And I mean, (laughs) even
1: anything, anything that you can do to feel connected in a genuine way. I mean, not just for connection's sake, but in a genuine way, and you feel like you have a almost like a second home to go to, and a group of people that you can have honest conversations with, it's like it's to me, it's priceless. <laughs> mm. At least at this de- season of my life and stage of business.
0: Yeah, no, total. I mean, and, and talking about working from home and and getting space or whatnot. I mean, just the other day, I spent all of Monday in my apartment, my fiance, we have a studio, which I've shared before. And some people are like, wait, what? You guys are crazy, but we're also <laughs> minimalist. So we don't require a lot of space and we don't really want, we're not at a place in our life that we require it, let alone, um, we just like to be minimalist. And, but besides that, it was like Monday night and I have not, aside from my workout at seven in the morning, had not stepped out of the, the apartment and it was a beautiful day out, and eight o'clock rolled around, and I finished writing thank yous. And I was like, Mike, I'm like let's go get on a divvy, which a divvy is our biking transportation system in Chicago. <laughs> I'm like, we're gonna go get stamps. Like I just need to get outside. And he's like, uh okay, all right. But just sometimes, <laughs> you're getting outside and not being in such stale energy can be a game changer. That 20 minutes that you're gonna take outside can just really like make a difference in what it is that you're doing with the task at hand, for sure. Definitely,
1: and there's so many ways to feel connected. It's not always just feeling connected with people. Sometimes it's feeling connected with nature. Sometimes it's feeling connected with with specific people. You know, your family and your loved ones. But um, that that was a huge wake up call for me once I actually got into it and navigating the waters of okay, I have to pay attention to this because if I don't, things things are not going to go well for me. Uh, and I'm finding that that's that's a sim- that's a common story with us female entrepreneurs trying to do it all and build these great
0: things. And we're going to do that, but we're just not going to do it alone. Right? Yeah, I totally agree. Talk to us uh, then. Share with us then the like what's been the most surprising thing about being out on your own that you've learned, or something that you just didn't foresee would happen or experience. Mm, that's a good question.
1: The most surprising thing has been the amount of growth that I've gone through and my my ventures have gone through in the past year. Mm-hmm. I I continue every day it's it there's something new. Every single week there's something new and I never could have imagined back when I was in a corporate job where things were just kind of on a hamster wheel, the same things every week, every month, just recurring, recurring, recurring. Um, There, I felt like I was growing there, but now I realize, wow, no, you you actually weren't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because this is, this is, this is some serious growth. Uh, Every, I can't even, I can't ever know what's coming next. And that's the most exciting thing for me. That's, that's awesome. It's surprising. And it's, it's exciting for me. Uh, things are always changing. Things are always growing. And the real challenge there is just being intentional with that growth. That's, that's the main thing, which is fun for me. I've, I've, I've taken it on as a challenge, a fun challenge, as opposed to an overwhelming challenge. And, uh, yeah, that's probably not only most surprising, but it's also probably one of my favorite things about what I'm doing right now.
0: Mm-hmm. I love how you talk about intentional, intentional mm-hmm. growth with that. Where yeah, I Oh go ahead. I,
1: I, I, uh, I have to The intentional piece kind of came about at the beginning of the year. I had heard enough people talk about on podcast I mean I always go back to these podcasts they're (laughs) like you guys are like my best friends my podcast hosts and everyone that they have on uh, on their podcast I just it's it that's a form of connection for me and so I had listened to enough people talk about how if they could go back and change something or uh, something that they learned in their journey it, it so often seemed to me that in the beginning, they, they weren't intentional. They were just kind of flying by the seat of their pants. And I think that there's a there's some kind of balance in there. You don't have to have every single thing planned out but because there's no way to, but you also still, every decision you have to make, try to make it intentionally. Try to think about what you're grounded in and where this decision may take you. And that's where it, becomes fulfilling. That's when you start making mean- making meaningful changes in the world and in your business and the people you connect with. I'm getting super woo-woo, woo-woo right now, but that's just, I, that's. I love the woo-woo. It's a fun, <laughs> it's a fun topic for me. And I, I find that I talk about it all the time. It's just, it's really important for me to, to stay within that intentionality. Otherwise, I feel so completely out of whack. So yeah, that's where that comes
0: from. Oh, I can tell. So I just recently started doing the bullet journal because I've heard really fantastic things about it. And so I have this tracker that's on one of the pages and it's a monthly tracker. And so I have different things, especially like making sure I do my five minute journal. Did I read for 20 minutes, meditate? Um, and then did I also just like journal and write out? And I can definitely see a correlation between the times when I've Done that morning routine and have taken that time to really focus on myself and the practice in correlation to what the rest of my day and world looks like in terms of is is it chaotic? is it calm? like do I move about it with more ease and more flow? and there's definitely like when girlfriend does not get that stuff in the morning to really center herself, like good luck for the rest of the day <laughs> yes, absolutely
1: it's uh there there was there's a Facebook group that I'm in and um, the group is just phenomenal. Recently, someone did a feature in that group about a do before list. And the idea is you have a list of things that you do before you go and do everything else that tends to suck your energy. It's not that you're just going to never look at Instagram again. And it's not like you're never going to just waste a few hours on Facebook or whatever. But she has instituted this do before list and I think it's I love it. I I I absolutely love the idea and I've been trying to kind of, it's kind of the same same idea as what you're talking about um similar to a, a morning routine and that whole idea it's not it's not a reinvention it's just a it's just a different Same concept, different name, but just having an idea of what you do before maybe you log into email or you, you do those things that typically run away with your day. Uh, And I've been, I've got just like three things that I just need to do before my day runs away from me. And if I do those things, you're right. Like the rest of the day just is so much better. I mean, at least it feels better. And I have a sneaking suspicion that just productivity, everything Everything involved it is just better. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Everything, attitude, energy, stress is way, way better. So let's talk a little bit about just share, share, share with us like some of your tangible hacks. So when it comes to productivity, if you schedule or like what are some things that you've learned early on in your business that allows you to get um, more time back?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, a couple things.
1: I I feel that I am a pretty black and white person. I uh, if you're familiar with 16 personalities, the mm. the personality test. Um, I am a Judger. I'm an INFJ, so that means I can I can make a decision pretty quickly, and so when I'm, when I have to set boundaries, I set boundaries. I just know that I have to, if I don't, I'm just constantly going back and forth. And that helps out a lot. Uh, and how that comes through in my workflow is that I, I myself and my business lives and dies by Asana. Everything is in Asana and a task isn't, I don't see a task as even existing in the world until it has an assignee and a due date. Mm. So as long as it is assigned to someone, either me or someone else on my team, and has a due date, it's good. We're going to get it done. It, that is how I stay productive. If things get a little wonky and aren't they're not assigned or they don't have a due date, there's no way it's going to get done. There's just no way because it's not going to pop up in our in our feed and on right. our calendar. So that's a huge That's a huge way that um, that that comes through in my workflow. Uh, The other thing is just from a a calendar, I I guess this is a calendar hack, a time-saving hack, and a way to get more inquiries in the door is offering your uh, scheduling calendar to different types of people. So I use Acuity Calendar, Acuity Scheduling. I'm in love with it. Uh, I think you do too, right? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I use
0: Acuity Uh, for podcast interviews, um, and then I use Calendly for like 25 minute calls.
1: Right. Yeah. So I use I use Acuity for podcast interviews. Uh, I call my initial like strategy session, discovery session, anytime a potential client wants to hop on the phone with me and discuss their project that they think they might want to hire me for, I call that a jam session. So uh, you can go on my website and schedule a jam session right now. Like, it's just there. You don't have to email me. You don't have to call me. It's just right there. You get on my schedule, done. I'll talk to you when we have a scheduled time. That has allowed, honestly, I, I haven't talked to someone like for a jam session before they've scheduled in a really long time. They just go and do it. Cause it's so easy that people just, my ideal client wants to just get in there, schedule, be done with it. And then I'll follow up with them. And so that has been huge. And then obviously that saves everyone time because it's already scheduled. I don't need to ask like, Hey, when's a good time for you? 3 PM or 4 PM, you know, it's just already done. Uh, and then I also schedule all of my uh, virtual coffee dates with people. You know, I'm constantly connecting with people uh, online, it's always a good op- opportunity to just hop on a Zoom call or a Skype call and just connect and, and see what they're up to and see if there's any way that I can support them. And so those types of things, instead of going back and forth with the time thing, I just send them my acuity link and they schedule and it's done. And I love
0: that. that is, that's a hack for you. It <laughs> takes the guesswork. Again, all that intentional coming up and making sure that whatever you do and the decisions you make lead to a reason behind that. I love it. I love it. A few rapid fire questions for you. Okay. What is the next thing that you, if you could wave a magic wand that you would outsource in your business?
1: Mm, Well, I just hired a legit VA yesterday,
0: like literally yesterday,
1: um, gave her a huge chunk of my regular small stuff. So that's huge. Um, that took a little while to actually get to, but I'm really excited about that. She's going to be doing, uh, what basically I'm going, I'm still creating the content, but after the content is created, whether it's for social media or the blog, several blogs, so many blogs, um, whatever she goes and makes it actually go live. All, All of that said, there's so many different little tiny things that you don't even realize you do until you start listing it out. And, it's like, oh, yeah, that's where all my time goes. That's, mm. I, I get it. So outsourcing all of that, um, I, I'm i just so excited that that's all going to be off my plate. That's going to be my answer. Yeah. <laughs> that's such a huge chunk of, of things that, man, when I get that, it's probably 10 hours a week, I would guess. Once I get that off my plate, oh,
0: I don't even know what I'm going to do. <laughs> where did you find your VA at?
1: I... Put a job post out on Upwork, and honestly, didn't expect a ton. But I also looked—I looked through um, a few trusted Facebook groups and looked through to see if there were any virtual assistant threads. Because there's often there are often threads about, okay, I need a VA. Name your best one, you know, and then you can kind of just see who else uh, who people refer. I did that, but I really didn't find anybody that I was in love with. I did. I put the post up on Upwork just, uh, well, we'll see what we get. And I found her there. She was, we did a zoom call and uh, I did a couple of them. I interviewed, I think um, six, six people. Mm. And she was just the standout. She just, she was perfect. So yeah, that's how I did it.
0: (laughs) What is your, what's your favorite book?
1: Favorite book by far is the Bible. I know not a lot of people say that, but I can't think of a better book that has led me down the paths that I've been on uh, than that one. And besides that, my absolute favorite novel, because I do like to read fiction every once in a while, usually on vacation because that's the only time I let my brain go anywhere else, <laughs> yeah. Um I love. It's called the Night the Nightingale by Kristen Hannah. And um, I'm just going to keep going. There's one more yeah. that I have to talk about. Um, it's called The Search for Significance, Ooh. and it's kind of a. I think you might like it, Amanda, from what I know about what you're reading and all of that. It's, it's a, it's a spiritual sort of journey to understanding, our like our just natural human nature to search for significance and find significance in our own lives. Mm -hmm. And it just breaks that apart and shows you, shows you why we're like that, how it, how it manifests itself in our, in our nature, good and bad. And, oh, it's just, it's so good. And it gives you such amazing um, journaling prompts to understand how it works within you and how you see the world and, and gives you actionable ways to kind of check yourself before you wreck yourself when you go, when you start uh, chasing after significance, when you really should be chasing after other things,
0: mm-hmm. right? So that's a good one. It's a really good one. I'll have to definitely, I'll have to check that out. I've read Victor Frankl's search, uh, man's search for meaning, which was like a fantastic, yeah. have you read that one? No. It, um, it's almost as if it's two part, but Viktor Frankl is a Holocaust survivor. And he was also, I think it was a psychologist, uh, some sort of doctor. And he describes his background and journey in the first part about going through the Holocaust. And then in the second half is talking about how searching for meaning and searching for hope. And what he, what he found is that like, let's say in the concentration camps, People would hear that, okay, we're going to be liberated this Friday. And then Friday would come and then the camps weren't liberated. People would lose that hope. And mm-hmm. then those people who lost hope tend to pass away quickly after that. And so he just dives into this whole like spirit of the mind and the body and life. And just similar to what you're talking about, but I'm getting chills even recapping it. It's a, it's a really good book and it just makes you put – it puts a lot of things in perspective. So – but – Britt, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. It's been a blast. And I am so thankful that we met through the podcast and we're able to connect. And I know that we're going to continue dialogue and hanging out online, offline, offline for sure, hopefully in October Um, when (laughs) that all rolls out, which I mentioned something in yesterday's podcast about it. But um, yes, why don't you tell... Share with my listeners where they can find more information out about you.
1: Okay, so well, my my online marketing agency is at jammarketinggroup.co, and you can find Marketing and Yoga Pants, which is a podcast and a private Facebook group, which I think your listeners would probably probably love. I think it's yeah. it's pretty pretty on pace with uh, with the listeners. That's at Marketing and dot com, and of course you can find us on. Just search on Facebook, Instagram with those names and we're there. Um, but, you know, GMMarketingGroup.co, marketingandyogapants.com. Easy to find us. And come hang out. It's going to be fun. Love it. Thank you, Britt, so much. Thank you so much, Amanda. This was fun. Thanks for tuning in to the She Did It Her Way podcast. Did you like this episode? Head on over to iTunes.com to leave us a rating and a review. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out She Did It Her Way where you can subscribe to our email list so you can receive the inside scoop on our latest episode released each Monday. Now, do us a favor and go make it a great week.